Brooklyn's Radio believes your health matters. We're going to go straight over to Mum Taz now with our first book review. When you asked me to come along and bring some of my favourite books, that was a real challenge for me because I love reading. Mm. Um, And there are so many books that have really moved me to actually change or to want to change because it's quite it can be quite difficult to first start looking at our life's patterns and where those patterns have come from and then decide that you want to change them because unless you have something healthy to move into you can actually replace one bad habit or one bad set of thoughts with another absolutely so that's why it's useful and helpful to have different ideas and different viewpoints and people um kind of mock self-help books um and actually when you've read enough of them as i have um when you've been through difficult times in your life you find that you want some guidance and you want something to to lean on that will help you get through and what i've concluded is that every single book is actually saying the same thing just in a different way Mm. so um that narrowing it down is actually quite easy once you reach that conclusion um, but that's again that's another process that everyone has to go to themselves and everyone has got to arrive at that that conclusion themselves so i'm going to i brought three books along with me today and i'm going to start with jonathan livingston siegel um which is by richard bark b-a-c-h um and it is an absolutely beautiful book. You can read it in an in, a, in an hour probably. It's only about it's less than a hundred pages. Um, very small, cute little volume. Um, and I'm just going to read the back. Obviously, I'm not going to be able to read huge swathes of the of the books that I've brought because I'd be breaching copyright regulations. I don't mm-hmm. want to do that. Um, so the back of this book says, um, "People who make their own rules when they know they're right. People who've got a who get a special pleasure out of doing something well, even if only for themselves. People who know there's more to this whole living thing than meets the eye. They'll be the Jonathan. They'll be with Jonathan all the way." Others may simply escape into a delightful adventure about freedom and flight. This book, quite simply, is unique. And it really is. It's, it's a gorgeous book. It's, it's, set, it's set against um, a, a, a flock of seagulls. Mm-hmm. And um, the sea, there's one seagull who's Jonathan Livingstone. Um, he is a little bit different. He knows he's a bit different, but he's warned against expanding those boundaries and pushing against those boundaries and he's told basically no you're a seagull you you do what we do you fly Mm. during the daytime you sleep at night you don't try and fish in certain waters you don't fly higher than other seagulls you stay at that level um and he sort of says um but I'm, I don't want it. I want, to, I want to do something else. I want to do something different. And he gets told over and over again, no, you can't. And there's a couple of lines in the book that really stand out for me. And one of them is where he finds a mentor who has already taken that path and who has mm. already decided he wants to move on um, and try a different way of living. It's not a wrong way of living. It's just a different way of living. And this person says, um, so Jonathan's expressing his concerns and he's saying, but I don't think that I can do this. I don't think I can actually fly that high. I think I'm going to stick to what I know. And the response is, but you can, Jonathan, for you have learned. One school is finished and the time has come for another to begin. And mm. even as I read that line, it gives me goosebumps mm. because it's just so 
that, that that's the cusp of learning so where you reach a point where you feel like that's all that you can do but there is another level that you know is there or you sense it's there but you just don't quite know what it is yeah. because it's the unknown and that yeah. it just excites me so much um and th- there's another bit in the book uh, which says and essentially they're talking about freedom freedom of thought freedom of actions freedom of movement which is what we all want yeah. um but we all confine ourselves and we all have our own um prisons really that we live in our own little boxes of what we believe is right and wrong um and there's a there's a sentence in the book and this is the last bit i'm going to read um it says the only true law is that which leads to freedom jonathan said there is no other and that's the end of that that's book review. yeah and i think that's absolutely right isn't it we create our own prisons really we in do. our lives by not just not tuning into things and not believing and not having that courage to, yeah. to do yeah that's a it, really important word it's it courage it's courage it does yeah. take a lot of courage to step outside boundaries which everybody and I'm, i say the word everybody in inverted commas um everybody has always said this is the way we do it yeah. don't yeah. step outside these boundaries and you become very unhappy if you find yourself confined to that restrictive pattern yeah you know you're absolutely right it's our we all have a comfort zone and we need to be able to stretch those because happiness is going to be found outside that comfort zone absolutely brooklyn's radio believes your health matters Mum, Tess, what have you got for us this time? Well, Jill, my second book is one which I um, was actually given as a gift. And often when we're given gifts, we don't see the gift in the gift. I'm not trying to be sort of cryptic here. Um, I was at a talk given by Marianne Williamson, um, who is... Um, she's a healer and she also works very much with spirituality. And she's actually she's also very religious as well. So she works a lot with um the themes of god and the angels so if you don't believe in god or if you don't have a religious leaning then um that i mean you can interpret the book in other ways so yeah. i was given this book i mean i am i am not i wouldn't say i'm religious i'd say i'm spiritual yeah um but the references to god don't offend me and, no. and i believe in angels so and that doesn't offend me at all um So the book is called Everyday Grace. And as I said, we were at a talk and a very dear friend of mine who who has actually passed on now, um, bless him, uh, Cal Malik, gave me this book. Uh, He gifted me the book on the day. And I thought, oh, but I really wanted the other one. I didn't really Mm. want that one. But he chose this one and gave it to me um, for for whatever reason. And I don't believe it was... um, I don't believe things happen by accident. Mm-hmm. I think it was entirely deliberate that this is the one. So this is called Everyday Grace. It's um, subtitled Having Hope, Finding Forgiveness and Making Miracles. And it is a beautiful, beautiful book. And I started reading it. It took me a long time, actually, before I actually opened it mm. and started reading it. It's one of those books that sat on my bedside table for a long time. And I think the energy infuses into you and, you, and something just sort of draws you to a book. And then you start reading it. And then I couldn't put it down. Yeah. So I'm going to um, start by reading an Albert Einstein piece Mm. that is prefaced in the book um, by Marianne Williamson. 
A human being is a part of the whole called the universe, a part limited in time and space. He experiences himself, his thoughts and feelings as something separated from the rest, a kind of optical delusion of consciousness. This delusion is a kind of prison for us, restricting us to our personal desires and to affection for a few persons nearest to us. Our task must be to free ourselves from this prison by widening our circle of compassion to embrace all living creatures and the whole of nature in all its beauty. Nobody is able to achieve this completely, but the striving for such achievement is in itself part of the liberation and a foundation for inner security. So that sort of follows through the theme, and this is what I mean when we talked earlier about everything restricting us and confining mm-hmm. us and, and the, the prison that we build for ourselves, and that that theme follows through, and it will be there in every single self-help seminar or talk yeah. or book that you pick up or website. Yeah. It's that, because the, th- the fundamental ideas of freedom and restriction are, they're sort of diametrically opposed, but we need both to yeah. an extent because we all need boundaries. Otherwise, you have anarchy and chaos. Um, but boundaries that you put in place have got to be healthy boundaries. Um, and they've got to promote uh, expansion, growth, development, personal development and that of those around you. So placing a restriction on other people, mm. that's unkind. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, but this book sort of explores that and explores um, the notion that we can't control other people. And this, again, this is a great, um, it's a great truth that a lot of the time people forget. Mm. We can't control other people. We can only control our reaction to other people. Yes, yes. Um, so the book is in three parts. Part one is Thoughts of Grace. And that, that is divided into, well, they talk, she talks about, mystical ones which is sort of tools so we all have a toolbox of emotional coping Mm -hmm. mechanisms so she talks about tool the tools so the first wand or tool is um believing that miracles happen the second is that angels are waiting for us and Mm -hmm. it's that i love that one because we always think oh that you know um, angelic help or divine help or whatever you want to call it. Um, it you know it could be help from the Lord High Jedi or something mm-hmm. that help is going to come but you've got to ask for it you've got to ask for it and you've got to believe it's going to come and you've got to believe it's going to come it's that certainty so the next one is that thoughts of judgment block the light so we can't ask for something but still hold a judgment a negative judgment yeah. um, that kind of superiority isn't it's not going to progress you no. um the end is inherent in the means so saying the end justifies the means uh is is again it it ties in with thoughts of judgment block the light so you can't say well the end justifies the means so i can do whatever i want because mm. in the end it'll be okay because the the path that you followed um has lacked integrity and has lacked honor and grace and the book is called everyday grace for a reason Mm. so the final one is sacred silence writes the universe because sometimes silence is better um and it's a a lot more effective so part two um, is called a day of grace so she starts at 8 a.m and the chapters are times of the day so 8 a.m through till 8 p.m so it's a 12-hour day and she deals with subjects like starting the day, working, needing work, um, 
being happy, feeling jealous, um, going through to 8pm, which is learning compassion. Mm. Um, she, you know, she sort of deals with arguments, relationships, grieving and all the rest of it. And then in part three, she talks about, she sort of brings it all together and talks about a life of grace. So um, going from the minutiae of everyday life to an entire life uh, and talks about rituals holidays relationships and community um it is it is as i said it is a book that does have religious references so it won't be for everybody yeah um but it's also almost a handbook for day-to-day circumstances and things that will crop up where somebody a work colleague um has done something that has offended you well what she encourages you to do is actually look to yourself and say well why has this offended me because often what happens is something inside you is triggered by another person it might be another person's happiness that offends you yeah yeah so it's a very subtle book um and I, I I love it. I absolutely mm. love it. And it's it's the only Marianne Williamson book I've read. Ironically, mm. I didn't feel the need to go back and buy the other book. Um, mm. But she's she's a renowned author. She's a very well known. Yeah, no, she she is. And I know she's she's done lots of talks. And I and I agree. There's we can't control other people. There are events. I think it's Jack Canfield who has an equation, and it's E plus R equals O, and it means there are events in life. And if you add together your reaction, you'll get an outcome. And if someone has said something that offends you, just ignore it. Yes. It's their issue. It's their problem. It's how they feel. And you can't control that. What you can control is the way you behave Absolutely. and react towards it. And if you can't control that, then it's an opportunity to learn. Yeah. yeah. And, and all you're learning is yourself. Yeah. Because it's only ever about you. And you will have a much, much better life if you can learn yes. to control those emotions. Yeah. Brooklyn's Radio believes your health matters. So I've saved the best for last. It's my absolute favourite, probably my favourite book of all time. And it's called The Invitation by a lady who is uh, a Native American Indian, or she's of Native American Indian descent, and she has the beautiful name of Araya Mountain Dreamer, which is just so gorgeous. Um, So I was um, in a lecture many, many, many years ago, probably about 18 or 19 years ago, and um, the person uh, delivering the lecture read out a poem that was taking the world by storm. And the first line of the poem just just grabbed me and I just thought oh my god I need I need to get this poem and then when I heard that there was a book uh, based on the poem well I bought what must have been one of the first copies of the book because mine is so dog-eared and old and and yellow with with time and uh, reading it. it it's it's um yeah it's very I probably need to replace it so that sentence that really grabbed me was It doesn't interest me what you do for a living. I want to know what you ache for and if you dare to dream of meeting your heart's longing. It doesn't interest me how old you are. I want to know if you will risk looking like a fool for love, for your dream, for the adventure of being alive. Now, once I heard that, and the the rest of the poem is quite long and it does go on um, for a few lines, and I read it and I just thought, oh my God, this is amazing. It's an absolutely amazing poem and what Araya Mountain Dreamer does in the book she explores 
each of the verses. It's like a, it's like a stanza. So each of the stanzas in the book she explores. So she talks about uh, love and fear and failure and joy, mm-hmm. uh, commitment, coming home and that. And I'm going to read just one little bit and then uh, I will really urge you to, if you do nothing else from listening to me today, whittle on, mm-hmm. um, please go and get this book. So this is a section in the book. Um, on my 40th birthday, I made a vow. I promised myself that in the second half of my life, I would make only real mistakes. Real mistakes are genuine errors in judgment, choices that can be seen with the knowledge of hindsight not to have been the best. It's not that I hadn't made lots of real mistakes in my first 40 years, but I was frustrated less with those honest failures born of inexperience or lack of information than with the mistakes I'd made because I'd second-guessed initial judgments. And that, that for me, was one of the, like, my mind is blown mm. moments. It was stunning. And I... I'm not perfect and I read these books because I not because I'm striving for perfection but because I I'm aware that I need some help in certain areas of my own personal growth and my own development mm. and I also want to not make mistakes yeah um, or only real mistakes so when I have a feeling when I have a gut feeling about something I trust my gut yes so that's that's my third book. That's my third review. And hopefully everybody has enjoyed what they've heard oh, today. I'm sure. I'm sure. And I agree with you. I don't want to be perfect, but I'd like to be the best version I possibly can exactly. of myself. Um, and so I love reading these sorts of things. And, and you may just you may just pick up the odd snippet, yeah. but you may have a real aha moment yes. and realise there's something you really need to change in your life. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Thank you so much for coming in to see us today. Thank you for having me, Jill. Thank you. Brooklyn's Radio believes your health matters. The Happiness Advantage. This is a fantastic book by Sean Aker, spelled S-H-A-W-N Aker. And it gives you the seven principles that fuel success and performance at work. But I think so much of what he says in this book um, really applies to your life as well. If you're not into reading particularly, there's a great, this book is on audio, um, but there's also a great TED Talk by Sean where he talks about the happiness advantage and it's just 20 minutes of entertainment it's very funny um talks about his childhood and it's well worth watching but basically what is um the recipe for happiness and the key for being the best that you can be Sean Aker as I said is an author and a lecturer and he shares his research on the science of positive psychology with thousands of people and he's now written this book called the happiness advantage I think Sometimes we need to think if we're truly, truly happy. And I think most of us probably are sometimes, but not always. I think um, a lot of us are a lot of the time. But again, we have those moments when we're not. And research carried out by Sean Aker and other psychologists confirms that most people believe that if you work harder, you'll be more successful. And if you're more successful, you'll be happier. Um, I know loads of people who think that once their business is successful or they meet Mr. or Mrs. Right or they lose weight or their health improves or whatever, they'll be happy. But that formula is really broken. What psychologists have realized is that the formula is the wrong way around. It's back to front. Our brains work in the opposite way. You actually need to be happy to realize your dreams and happiness will fuel your success. 
So you need to find a way to get your brain to be more positive and then your success rate will increase and your work will become more productive, enjoyable and rewarding and you'll be happier and you'll attract Mr. or Mrs. Right. You'll find yourself naturally losing weight. You'll find your health improving or whatever it is that you're looking to change in your life. There's a great quote in the book. Um, And in the book, Sean says that if you can get people to be happy in the midst of their challenge, it has a significant difference. And I think that's that's quite a key point, really. Um, So how can we make ourselves be happy and have only positive thoughts? We've we've heard this is the fourth book we've heard about today and all of them are playing on this same this same sort of thing that we need to be happy inside of us and, and make ourselves happy. There is actually a great quote, and I wonder if I've got it here. Um, Happiness is an inside job. That's a quote by William Arthur Ward, who's an American author. And I think that's absolutely right, that um, happiness is an inside job and only you can make yourself happy. But five things that you can do every day, which is recommended by Sean in the book and also in his TED Talk, to help make yourself happy are things like gratitude. Think of three things every day that you can be grateful for. And it's very, very easy for those of us living um, in the UK today, we've got a warm bed to sleep in. Most people, we've got um, warm water, electricity. We, we have technological devices. A lot of us have cars. So just think about something that you can feel very, very grateful for. Even if it's the fact that you've woken up this morning, that's something to be grateful for. Number two is journaling or writing a diary. This is a good way to, again, write about all the thing, good things happening in your life. But you could also be writing down things that perhaps aren't so good and letting them go so that you forget about them and stop dwelling on them too much. Number three, exercise, which, um, you know, we talk about a lot on this show. Exercise is so key to getting those happy hormones, raising those endorphins in your body. Number four, another one we've talked about a lot on this show is meditation. Meditation is a really good way to clear your mind and to really take a look inside of yourself and start recognizing signs when things come to you that actually it could be something that will will improve your life. And number five, random acts of kindness. How great is it if you can do something to make someone else feel better? And it can be the smallest little thing like letting someone out in traffic, um, Smiling at someone who's looking particularly miserable, helping a neighbor, um, just something small. But random acts of kindness are really key if you want to feel happy. So um, get that book, watch that TED Talk. And um, the book, again, is The Happiness Advantage. It's the seven principles that fuel success and performance at work. But I believe it can also help you in your life if you start integrating those five things into your life every day. Hope you enjoyed that. We will make the um, the book reviews a regular part of the show. Um, but on, in general, we'll have one a week. So I hope that's, that sounds good to you all. If there's any book you want us to review, then please, please let the show know. Brooklyn's Radio believes your health matters. If you've enjoyed this podcast, why not keep up to date with The Sound of Surrey by listening live at brooklandsradio.co.uk or through our free mobile app.